I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And this week we are taking a look at the 1987 film Angel, directed by, it's a little unclear, we'll get into it, but it's produced and written by Teresa Wu, and it stars uh, a great ensemble of people, including uh, Yukari Oshima and Moon Lee. And our our kind of our, our favorite long legged kick man, Huang Zhang Li. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back, sir. Yeah. And this just brief up front, uh this is actually the second time that we're recording this episode because the first time something goofed up really yeah. bad. So the second time so it, far. So who knows how many times. Oh, we'll oh my god. <laughs> right. <laughs> Podcast so, life problems. So if we ever mention that we talk about something in the previous recording, something that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So Carlos, this was your pick. Yeah. So uh, again, we're focusing on ladies kicking ass, and this movie is another one of the corners, I would say, of the foundation of Girls with Guns. So this is Angel from 1987, and uh, I mean, I've mentioned. Yukari Oshima. We've talked about her just a little bit on the podcast before, but I love her so much. She's super awesome. So I like, wanted she's amazing. To, yeah, I wanted to use this as an excuse to uh, put a spotlight on her because I feel like kind of similar to, I guess, like a Cynthia Rothrock or something, you know, she's one of these uh, leading ladies in Hong Kong action from around the same era, like mid to late 80s into the 90s that I feel everybody that's interested in this uh, genre of film should at least see one of her films because totally. she's just like pure electric whenever she's yeah. on screen. And yeah, I think if you're a fan of Yukari Oshima, this is a must watch. Um, it's It's got to be a career highlight, her playing just this delicious villain. And the movie really devotes a lot of time and energy to, to her character. Pick this one up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I feel like... It's still kind of a, a sleeper hit. For me, I honestly, I came to know this film. It was one of those situations where somebody online shared like a fight scene from a film. And um, this is something that I've talked about that I do enjoy it. But I'm kind of like, I kind of feel like you, you shouldn't like just enjoy these fights. You should kind of enjoy them within the context of the film. Uh, I think I said last time that it was... Like you're eating your dessert before you're yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, jumping straight to the yeah. ice cream. And I think it's really cool when people do share these fights because it brings attention. But, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of feel like sometimes you'll just see like a super cut of all like this person's fights. And that's really cool, too. But um, I, for me personally, I kind of like to enjoy that whole package. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's great in instances where someone maybe wouldn't watch the original movie or isn't too exposed to the cinema and yeah i mean sometimes it's great to eat your dessert before your dinner but uh yeah like you i think it it would just be sad if all of these great movies end up getting kind of like cannibalized and like you know you don't right. eat all the meat off of your chicken or something um 
Okay, yeah, metaphors are getting way too mixed. <laughs> <laughs> chicken, but, chicken for dessert? Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, um, but, but you yeah. can, um, yeah, we can talk about Girls with Guns a little bit. We've talked about Yes, Madam, which is one of the films that kind of was retroactively fitted w- within the in the Line of Duty series. Yeah. And um, I feel like there's shared DNA here. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting is okay so let me see if i get this right yes madam is the first in the line of duty film and royal warriors i believe is the second but the thing that's funny about that is that time wise the movies are flipped so um royal warriors came out first and uh yes madam came out second so they just kind of retroactively threw those names on but in royal warriors uh hiroyuki sanada is in that film and um we know him from uh the japan action club yeah, and the japan uh, action club guy. yeah so in this film in angel 1987 we have another uh japanese actor besides yukari yoshima because obviously she's japanese but yukari yoshima is i i feel like she's uh, almost more yeah, she's of kind a, of a hong kong star even yeah. though she's from japan she's japanese but she's yeah. a lot more of a hong kong store than like here right, sonati right. or etsukoshi homie or whatever yeah so um and actually she's talked in interviews about how um she was originally like when she was going into like beyond like high school she was going to study to be like a like a pe teacher and actually one of her friends showed her jackie chan's the young master and once yeah once she saw once okay once (laughs) she she saw that um she totally changed her mind she's like i want to be in action and i sure her whole purpose even because she would actually go on to be part of the japan action club uh for a couple years and but her whole motivation even in be coming part of the japanese action scene was to go to hong kong and be in hong kong <laughs> cinema so i i think that's really cool but anyways so besides yukari oshima we have hideki saijo who is the leading um male in this film one of the angels and um he's honestly more known for being like a pop star this is like his only real like big like movie that he's ever been in right. and i Feel definitely that's really... his only hong kong film it seems mm-hmm. yeah totally i feel it's kind of interesting there's like almost this like action star like exchange program because like in uh, <laughs> yeah in the line of duty three has hiroshi fujioka who's like uh common writer the original common writer and later on people would know him because of segata sanshiro who's always a fun character to see um yeah. But yeah, there's this kind of fun little back and forth within this girls with guns uh, subgenre where you've got Japanese stars coming over and being parts of these Hong Kong uh, productions, which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think if you think back to some of your favorite Hong Kong action films, um, you're probably going to remember actually a lot of these moments, uh, whether it's Fist of Legend or Legend of a Fighter. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Often, um, the villain will be cast as <laughs> as some kind of uh, foreigner, and we can mm-hmm. kind of get into that. But I think I think mostly that kind of like foreign casting as a villain adds this extra kind of uh, yeah. It's 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 maybe almost kind of a form of production value or something. It's like oh, look who we got to be in our film, you know? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that could be a Japanese. Uh, action performer it could be a korean performer like huang jung lee in today's film or it could be benny the jet urquidez yeah um, totally 
Yeah, and totally. so yeah, that's almost a tradition that I think is I think it's more fun than um, you know, I don't like the word, but you know, problematic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 like you said, it's a tradition. Like plenty of like that's why a lot of uh, people will imagine like biblical Romans sounding British because a lot of the old like biblical films in like the fifties. All the Americans were the good guys, of course, because it was American production. So they were right, like, the, totally. you know, they were, they were, they were the disciples and whatever. But then all the bad guys were the British because they filmed everything in the, the yeah, UK. Yeah, exactly. And that ended up being true for, you know, even films that weren't kind of these biblical epics. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars, that's kind of. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's oh, sort yeah. of the prototype kind of there. Star Wars. To, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and originally, yeah. Toshiro Mufuni was um, George's choice for for obi-wan and his dream version so it all comes back yeah circle. yeah and you mentioned wild yeah that would have been crazy <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing uh you mentioned fist of legend and yasuaki kurata was yeah. actually one of the pivotal uh stars that was able to help yukari come to hong kong and be in hong kong cinema because like That's this so film awesome. yeah this film's from 87 and in 86 there was uh, Shanghai Express, uh, Millionaire's Express that we covered on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually her, Yasuaki Kurata, and uh, Huang Zhangli who played the Japanese yeah. in that film. So uh, that was like her first Hong Kong production. And what a way to enter Hong Kong For cinema, real. you know, not yeah. only with such a huge cast, but having Samuel directing you mm-hmm. and not knowing the language and realizing how how hard everything is uh, right you know that's really really cool that sh- that was her first film and yeah and you, i wonder if she jo- ever yeah. if she ever starred alongside or not starred but if she ever, she ever was in a movie with uh, alongside jackie chan since that was like her inspiration um no she she never since, was but since she since billy Harris express notably does not have jackie chan despite having right, everyone right. else yeah but the the interesting thing and I, i'll I'll add this interview to the blog post, but it's actually one of the interviews they used in, um, they actually used it in two, I believe two Dragon Dynasty DVDs in Millionaire's Express and in Outlaw Brothers. They interview Yukari Oshima and it's the same interview, but they cut it based on the film that the gotcha. release. Oh, sure. Yeah. But um, it's cool because she makes a point to say that when uh, she watched The Young Master, Yumbu's performance was the most inspiring thing for her in that, seeing how acrobatic he was. Man. Yeah, we so, can all relate to that. Yeah, totally. So it was uh, exciting for her to be in Millionaire's Express with Yumbu, and uh, she was like hopeful that they would get the fight to fight each other. And we've talked about that, how they were originally going to plan a fight with the Japanese versus like Samo and Yumbu and whoever, but that didn't pan out because of the time uh, uh, they were running long on set. But um, the other thing that she mentions is that in uh, Outlaw Brothers filming, Jackie, because Frankie Chan directed that film and Jackie actually, they're, they're buddies. So, and he was filming nearby. So Jackie actually came to the set one day while she was filming like the last fight. So he was actually able to talk to her and she says that he kind of put his um, his magic touch on one of her fight sequences. So even though she wasn't able to be with Jackie on film, uh, she was able to interact with him in a very personal way for yeah. Outlaw Brothers. And that movie's really cool too. We'll That's talk such a about great that. Story. Um, yeah, I'm sure at some point. Well, without anything else to do, we should jump into the movie itself, huh? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Cool. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. <laughs> 
Once upon a time, there were two girls and a guy that were the best at what they do. And they were each assigned very hazardous duties. But I took them away from all that. And now they work for me. My name is John. And these are my angels. Their mission is to stop the corrupt triad before it's too late. Moon Lee, Elaine Louie, and Hideki Saijo face off against the nefarious Yukari Oshima in Teresa Wu's Angel. So the, the movie opens. Uh, we, we talked about this before, but the, the first 20 or so minutes of the movie is a little unclear. <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of stuff's kind of just happening, and if you haven't seen the movie already, then yeah, I would say if you're having trouble connecting with the film in the first reel, um, please do try to try to hang in there because I I'm guessing that that'd be a pretty common reaction to most people's (laughs) first viewing. Um, Ultimately, uh, like you guys have said, this is this great ensemble movie. It doesn't necessarily do a whole lot of work and like kind of highlighting the ensemble straight away. So um, it's, we kind of have to get going before we get into the, to the sweet spot of the film. So I would say, yeah, really do hang with this movie and it will reward you immensely. Yeah. The first, the first thing that we see is uh, a poppy field in Thailand and, and he says the golden triangle, which I, I didn't know that was like a, a famous thing because i'm dumb yeah but. oh well yeah, yeah, yeah so you gotta study your drugs <laughs> your yeah, 80s sorry. drugs it, more, yeah it's like a super eight something you'd see in a bunch of 80s movies it's like between thailand laos and myanmar i believe it's like a, a region that would, yeah that would become known for uh opium or heroin yeah so you'd see that in a lot of 80s films and yeah one of the things that i really love about this movie is that it's so unabashedly 80s you've got totally like this setting you've got gorillas and you've got all these explosions very reminiscent of like what you would see uh in the west at this time like commando or predator a lot of the visual language really calls to those films and i i love it the other thing too is the um uh, we we talked about the music for this yeah. movie. It's just great, so like FM synths front yeah. and center. Um, yeah, I, I said I said before that it sounds like it's. I think it is the 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 Yamaha twenty six twelve, which is the yeah. sound chip that they use in the Sega Genesis, because <laughs> a lot of the sounds literally just sound like Genesis sounds, but with better drums in the background. Yeah, totally. And and really the quality of this score uh, is, yeah, it's just terrific. Um, there's kind of this main theme for the heroes that, yeah, is kind of peppered throughout the movie. Really effective and really unique and also some really cool song moments as, as well. <laughs> but yeah, 80s, 80s kind of culture culture galore what i love um a couple things i love about the this opening sequence it's very almost like apocalypse now ish yeah it Um, feels very like a vietnam film like yeah it it feels like a different movie you know honestly that's what i wanted to say is like i'd almost believe it if someone said you know 
um, there was this movie in development that was <laughs> going to have to do with like drugs in Thailand. And we shot this really expensive, amazing scene, but the rest of the funding got pulled and we don't have oh. any more. You know, it, it doesn't, uh, I mean, you can argue that it connects with the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could totally it, see it. They're like the film like yeah. five years before the rest of the movie. And I mean, cause the thing is, the it's not a, it's like, not a sloppily put together sequence. Oh, no. It's really quite brilliant. And, uh, the budget is on screen. There are these amazing pyrotechnic effects and, um, yeah, really, I, I think well edited and it's a great piece of action cinema. Um, but this, it, this probably also contributes to that feeling that some of us might have watching it. where are like, okay, I'm trying to, to, <laughs> to kind of connect with the movie like what is the movie though um where is it like are, are these the bad guys are these the good guys are they related in any way um and so that part of it gets gets to be a little tricky and then i think we mentioned this in the other recording there's something really fun about watching um watching a sequence with such great production value on like a really kind of grimier uh <laughs> copy of a movie or master it's it kind of reminds me of how I was how i was exposed to a lot of this cinema mm-hmm. um, through tapes and stuff growing yeah. up um, and like so copy of a copy of, of a copy of a tape yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah the um the copy that i shared with you guys is it's a bootleg of the maya dvd and just like many hong kong bootlegs the subtitle quality can vary <laughs> greatly yeah. so we'll hear about there's, a some, there's bit some pretty that. gold subtitles later yeah for yeah. sure also the font changes like two-thirds of the way through <laughs> yeah which is great <laughs> although there actually is um i guess i'll i guess i'll we'll, we'll confirm this before we post the episode but as of right now there's a version of this on vimeo as well that's actually a really pretty good quality version with actually pretty good subtitles so mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. worth checking that out too yeah and, it's and free, that so. and that includes like a kind of explicit <laughs> scene that's cut out of the maya version yeah yep We'll get to that's that. That's right. So now we get kind of introduced to the to the heart of the movie, and that's our 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 triad villains. Uh, we see these um, all these uh, men in suits and Yukari Oshima walking in, and she is God. She is awesome. She just jumps out of the screen. Super like, cool. Yeah. Uh, but they're uh, this sets up the next bits where we see a, uh, they're trying to get like revenge on Interpol for for destroying all these opium fields or these poppy fields, I should say. And we get a bunch of cuts of just random people who I, we are, are later told are Interpol agents just getting destroyed. Like, yeah. like some, the one's a guy that's just pushing his kid on a swing. And then these guys just walk up and shoot him. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that comes out of a movie theater and these awesome, like, <laughs> again, this could be an entirely different movie too. These <laughs> right. two guys on motorcycles with swords. <laughs> come up and, and just start destroying him right because yeah. the perfect way to assassinate anyone is two guys on dirt bikes <laughs> with katana blades yes <laughs> but this is this was the kind of i think the first moment in watching the movie where i yeah i really like took a, a step back and was like wow i've never seen this yeah. particular beat They're they're driving their motorcycles with the dude like skewered um mm-hmm. up in the air and uh yeah this 
this is, I, I think that ingenuity is a sign of things to come. There's so many clever concepts and um, really brilliant little action beats throughout the movie. That's maybe one of my favorite things about Angel. Um, so you do start to see glimpses of this. Um, what we've what we've been saying about um, it maybe being a little tricky getting your bearings in the movie. F- for me, having thought about it a little bit, I think part of it is, I think this prologue could work great where you're kind of establishing um, maybe the threat of Yukari Oshima's um, kind of villainous triad or whatever. But I don't know if the movie um, makes a really big emphasis following that of who your heroes are. Um, and it's it's maybe a subtle thing because they do have good, they do have nice introductions, I think. But, um, and this goes to maybe the film more broadly, is it, doesn't usually kind of take a lot of time to kind of like revel in our heroes. Yeah. Um, and as you, as you get into the movie, I think you might, I don't know. I found myself actually kind of liking that tone, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's different. It's not what you expect, especially if let's say you're kind of coming to Hong Kong cinema, maybe versed with more say Jackie Chan movies or something like that. You're not going to get that moment of sort of meeting the Jackie character or anything. And I think that's part of it. At least that's that's kind of what my experience was like. I don't know. You guys may have fared differently. I can totally see what you're saying. Um, I do, um, like I said, like for me, this movie's all about Yukari Oshima, right? <laughs> so yeah, it, Yukari yeah. Oshima, uh, we see her in the scene like kind of throwing her weight around. <laughs> uh, and you've got kind of like a voice of dissent uh and she kind of gets up by him and she makes him pay. She's got like this brass knuckle with like blades on it. And you can see that she like chops dude's fingers off. Yeah. And um, Huang Zhang Li is also here. And obviously we know he's like a legendary kicker. And it's yeah. so cool to see him again. Bite. And they have this really great interaction just between the two of them where they they don't they don't punch at all it's all kicks and <laughs> it's just this like kind of glimpse at this glory <laughs> totally and, and also um, s- seeing um huang jung lee's character kind of so intimidated by yukari oshima's character really does a lot um and this scene is so great because it's not that kind of leading the witness thing that you encounter a lot of times in movies where um everyone's doing a lot of work to try to convince you that this person is scary or Mm, powerful or whatever it's so visceral you really feel Mm. like every dude in this room is kind of terrified of her and even even huang jung lee who um you know you may have grown up with as kind of like your like ultimate big bad in in kung fu um and it's just it's great every fight that he has in this movie he's wearing this dapper suit it's so great (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. Whenever I first saw this, I genuinely I didn't recognize him until he started kicking, because <laughs> yeah, he's so not great. wearing he's not wearing like the I know those know, period kicks. stuff that you know <laughs> we're used to from like the Shaw Brothers and Golden Harvest movies. But then he starts kicking, and I'm like, oh, there there he is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing if there's a producer on set. It's like, oh no, I want them to know it's Huang Zhengli, and everything is the same, but they just add a white wig. Um, oh man yes <laughs> he's just the only person that's wearing like yeah. uh, that'd be funny that is something i have never seen in a hong kong film <laughs> that would be great to have and, like, like he this... gets snap zooms but nothing else in the movie oh, would. Dude, <laughs> that'd be great that would oh, be amazing man. 
Oh man, I want that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's any stab zooms in this movie. It's kind of no, crazy. No, I mean it's almost like there was a, a concerted effort. I think uh, in the in some of the modern like by the mid '80s um, mm-hmm. to almost avoid yeah like anything associated with like classic Shaw Brothers like, mm-hmm. filmmaking. So we can talk about the directors too. So there's a little bit of a muddy. Uh, information situation going on where uh teresa Wu is listed as the director and she's also listed as a script writer and like a producer um but uh so the person doing the action is tony lung su hung who we've mentioned before on the podcast and uh you can see like the dynamic energy of uh, the action thanks to him in this film. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's an interview with him on Hong Kong Cinemagic where they talk about it. And he actually says that she wasn't the director, that uh, Ivan Lai is the director, and he's listed as an executive director. So um, there's kind of conflicting uh, information, and it's one of these situations where it's, you know, there's no way for us to get the, the, the real answers, right? I mean, as... As thorough as we try to be, honestly, mm-hmm. the podcast, we're, we're fans of this, just like maybe you guys are that are listening. So yeah, we, totally. we're not experts here, but we try to and find out as much as we Chinese, can. And don't speak Chinese. So. Yeah, right. we're limited yeah, not in, yet. in our access. And not this yet. won't be the last time that we <laughs> probably uh, will cover a movie where there's some disputes behind the scenes as to who did what and, you mm-hmm. know... Um, yeah that's part of the the fun honestly sometimes is uh some of the lore and some of the mystery honestly um it is cool to see that uh, you know this film that's kind of like uh one of the like the major girls with guns like the inception of this genre is like kind of helmed by a woman too so it's cool to think about that definitely. and there are two other films there's angel 2 and angel 3 and then i mean within the subgenre there's all these like you know fatal angel terminator angels iron uh, terminate you know so it's like (laughs) i said it's like almost like a word cloud of all these words you can just (laughs) interchange them all actually i think um there's a film fatal terminators and that's i don't know if you guys remember this clip but there's this crazy clip where it's like a thug grabs a little girl out of the window of his car and she's hanging outside of the car and the car is going oh, at yeah. full speed. That's from fatal terminators. Oh, dude, this... Yeah. Imagine it's a... like you walk into the golden harvest offices or something in 1987. And it's like, uh, yeah, what's available. And it's like, <laughs> um, yep. yeah. Terminator <laughs> vengeance. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We, that's my guy. Oh, sorry. Terminator, Terminator vengeance too. We got Terminator. We got Fatal. We got Terminator yeah. Fatal. We got Fatal yep. Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like all rap filming last week. Yeah. Although yeah. honestly, this this really says more about like the localization of yeah of that's titles. True. true. It'd be great sometime to cover um you know some of the the actual original mm-hmm. titles. There tends to be uh I would. S- without trying to generalize too much, there tends to maybe be a little more um, poetry almost in the original Chinese titles for, for most of these movies. Mm -hmm. I want to say the original Chinese title, this kind of roughly translates more to like fighting angels or something like that. 
So yeah. we kind of so angels are your midnight angel, iron angel, some of the different uh, alternative. Yeah, titles. totally. They all make. I mean, basically sense. having the plural having angels makes tons of sense. Uh, it just mm-hmm. being called angel singular. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe a and little that, more confusing. And that, as uh, we haven't mentioned yet, but of course that might have been trying to avoid any like legal issues with Charlie's Angels. The oh, that makes TV sense. Because yeah, if, if we if we them. haven't said it already, that's that's probably the closest model for mm. um, the kind of genre that we're in here. Um, uh, yeah, it's a we've got a team of heroes that that we're following, and their organization is called Angel or Angels. There's a boss to that um it's cool it's more of like a um co-ed group yeah um, which two really guys two gals and um yeah they're all so awesome it's funny like re-watching this um i i don't know if you guys would agree part of me is like would the as much as i love the movie would it have been better if we would have just focused on moon lee's character is almost like the jackie chan of the movie uh, um, yeah and I, I think so. I, I think that the the other members do uh, bring their own yeah, energy to it. I think they're definitely worth. But like, yeah, a more focused, uh, you know, singular character driven action movie in this vein could have worked a mm-hmm. lot better. Um, not yeah. to say I mean, that and I don't her like character this gets, I love it, but her character gets, I would say, like the best introduction of any of the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe other than um, Saija Hideki's introduction, I think is is also um pretty great but um and then as you mentioned earlier her i mean she's the one with the final fight with yukari oshima and yeah that, that's probably the reason most people uh watch this movie to be honest yeah so now we are after a little bit of this assassinations and uh the police trying to figure out how to deal with this we actually see uh, uh an actor that we've seen in uh not only oily maniac but in inframan wang xie he plays like <laughs> yeah. the police captain and he's talking to a man who we come to know as commander fong alex fong and um he's representing the angels it says he's from the united states but uh, just after that, then we get to be introduced to all the angels. And um, Moon Lee gets like this really fun, super 80s kind of oh, yeah. office life. Uh, yeah, we said before, it's sort of like Kung Fu office. Um, yeah. Yeah, which we yeah. haven't seen. We haven't seen so far in the show. But yeah, she's like, uh, <laughs> this is uh, one of the people is saying like, oh, can you hand me the the liquid paper, or the whiteouts, how I always knew it. And she like throws it and like perfectly lands on their desk. And she's tossing like envelopes and stuff. But we said last time, I'm not sure the last time I thought about whiteout and yeah. younger listeners might not know what whiteout is. Yeah. Do we have to explain what whiteout well, is? Well, whiteout was the original backspace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, to get introduced to that, we get introduced to Saijo, and it's it's really nice. The names of the angels is just the 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 names of the the actors and actresses. So Moon Lee's just Moon. Elaine, who will mean a second, is Elaine Louis, and Saijo is just Saijo. So yeah, yeah. But it's it's cool. Yeah, you see, uh, an on location shoot. There's a couple of um shots that you can see like they went to japan at least maybe one day of filming for a couple of scenes and uh he's got like this dojo with a bunch of 
dude's going crazy and he's definitely like the head of the school here and um i also have to say that um his hair is like perfect always no matter what <laughs> i feel like he's got like an uncle jesse energy going on with the wave <laughs> in his hair um hideki saijo like i said he's a pop uh idol in japan at the time and um for me i actually know him as the singer for turn a gundam he sings the opening song from that So that's really cool to see that connection between two, you know, tangentially related things that I like. But after <laughs> we see him, then we see uh, them pick up Elaine. And Elaine, she's kind of like the glam angel. She's yeah. very uh, put together. She's very like. She's uh, awesome. Fancy. And probably the most 80s of the angels. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She has this, these amazing uh, kind of curly hair. Yeah, and, I feel like she. Yeah, she's like part Gem, part April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of yeah, all a lot awesome. of hairspray. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And yeah, then one don't don't yeah. lie to match in her dressing room. That's for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I think uh, like we've said, it it's just awesome that all of the angels use their their actual names. It, like adds to the fun of the movie. We introduced her walking in from in the airport. And she has this guy, which when I first saw it, I thought it was the guy was like, like she hired to help. But I think it's just a guy she met on the plane and he got, <laughs> yeah, to, totally. got to carry the luggage out. Yeah. So we're, it's kind of a nice reveal that we see um, one of her powers is really, mm-hmm. you know, being able to use her sexuality, yeah. um, wrap people around her finger. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, to sort of get what she needs, and then in the case of this guy, just sort of leave him leave him hanging um, <laughs> once he's not needed. So then we cut to the rooftop from A Better Tomorrow the, <laughs> with the big red sign and overlooking Hong Kong at night. It's it's so, and that movie came out the previous year, so I'm I'm sure it's I'm sure the producers were like hey, we need a time where they all meet up together. Let's just use that scene. Let's just go to the same place. How cool is that, though? It's such yeah. an iconic Oh, yeah, such a cool location. Yeah, totally. But it's funny, yeah, the shots are almost identical, too, which yeah. is really funny. Uh, I had a good time taking screen caps comparing <laughs> the two. Yeah, I'll we'll add those have to the, on the, yeah, have yeah. the post. So now our angels are kind of uh, hanging out at a like a nightclub where Elaine's singing. And Carlos, you were able to find the song that she's singing, right? Yeah, this song. Yeah, slaps. the, the song so is great. Yeah, it's uh, she's singing a version of "You Left Me Here" by Deanie Ip. And actually, Deanie Ips related to uh, Hong Kong cinema in her own way, too. She was in the pom-pom films that are kind of like these comedies. But um, more related to us, she was in uh, Dragons Forever. She was one of the female leads in Dragons Forever. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, Elaine's killing it, and they're all just chilling in the the nightclub. There's a kind of a funny scene afterwards where they're all talking, and she gets introduced to Fong. And you can tell that she's kind of trying to warm up to him and he's kind of uh, 
you know denying her and the first reaction she has is to open her ring and put something in his drink <laughs> like she's gonna like date rape him yeah, yeah luckily someone stops her but yeah <laughs> as it turns out this is kind of her thing not date raping him, but um yeah but like, like drugging people out drugging people yeah. out yeah yeah yep. <laughs> what a thing to be known for yeah <laughs> So earlier in the movie, we saw like this brief, this brief uh, shot of a guy like sneaking into the the police office to figure out who like the Interpol agents are to to take down. In this scene, it's kind of him sneaking in his intercut with these like really like like super well shot, well lit uh, shots of Saijo working out. And he's very like shiny and sweaty. It almost reminds me of like Flash Dance or something. Yeah, it's but, definitely uh, this like eighties homoerotic, um, mm-hmm. yeah, field day kind of thing. It could be Teresa shooting this too. It's true. <laughs> yeah, say maybe not homoerotic. Maybe it's just maybe it's just for the <laughs> just ladies. Straight erotic. It's, it's just, a lot of it's yeah. a lot of shots. A lot of shots of legs too, which uh, I think most most ladies will, will tell you legs are kind of an underrated underrated part of the man. So. Nice. Take like care of your legs, legs, dudes. You you heard it here, guys. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't skip, skip leg day. Leg day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty great. But Saijo, like I said, was a pop idol at the time. Just something like uh, Jackie being so famous in the '80s in Japan. So this actually could be, uh, you know, another way to get a strong Japanese like uh, audience when this movie was released. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Even like, yeah, Hiroyuki Sanada was like kind of like this heartthrob too. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a connection between. Uh, the action yeah, heroes could, from that I time. I could see that. And we mentioned, I know, on the first recording, um, his hair. And it's it's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, we should just bring it up. His hair is awesome. It can yeah. do yep. no wrong. Always. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a fifth lead of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but it's funny because he's saying that he's like this teen heartthrob. But he gets kind of brutal in this scene. Because they, uh, they catch the guy that was uh, sneaking around. And they meet in this like, like car junkyard or something yeah. or other, and the guy gets like handcuffed. It's like that to one this... puzzle from Full Throttle. Um, <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. But yeah, he he handcuffs him to a to this car that he puts in like a crusher and is like threatening to kill him unless he gets information. Yeah. But That's then luckily the guy so... the guy talks. So uh, yeah. which this is what's cool about the angels. I mean, I, I think it's cool. It's a movie. It's I, I yeah, it <laughs> but um that the the angels actually they do employ these pretty hardcore tactics, mm-hmm. um like, you know, roofies. threatening murder, roofies, kidnapping, <laughs> kidnapping. Child, innocent children. But it's like they'll kind of back off at the last second and kind of mm-hmm. leave with like a wave and a smile and the way the movie works, it's kind of it starts sort of floating on air, and you're like, "Yeah, good job, Angel. That was cool. <laughs> that was cool." And that was cool how you um, kidnapped that child and 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 yeah, totally. Their dad. And I'm kind of joking, but I, I'm still not sure how it works. But like the movie does sort of stay breezy, and mm-hmm. um, like as soon as you get a feel for what the dynamic of the angels are, I would say that's when you're in in. You're in this movie, hundred um, percent. Mm-hmm. That is the the sweet spot. So, um, I guess now having said that, it's like, oh yeah, maybe it shouldn't have been a, a moonly vehicle uh, or like solo vehicle or something. <laughs> um, 
because yeah, there's just so much fun to be had with their group dynamics. And as we'll see in a little bit later, there's this interesting mix of very innocent relationships among the angels, um, but actually some pretty explicit violence in the movie itself. Um, and somehow I, I feel like it all, that, that tone works and it's not something that I think I've seen in another movie. One of the other things that is interesting to me that we see in this scene coming up where uh, we've got the angels breaking into the building using the information that they got from uh, Saijo's uh, car crushing interrogation. <laughs> um, they find out that the business is called Dai Nipo Company. Um, this is the business that's run by the triad members that they're after. And they decide to sneak in and it's like, so deliciously 80s it's like the most 80s building you can imagine mm-hmm. with a gray <laughs> yeah. face with red like trim going up that's like a hex like girder system and they're climbing it at night but uh the thing that i think is pretty cool is that this is some serious like stunt work but it's not like it's not like showcased like it's kind of like downplayed but you definitely yeah. see all three angels climbing up this building you see them like you see their faces they look like they're having fun climbing up the building actually <laughs> yeah. but um it's pretty cool to me that they're doing this crazy stuff but it's like yeah we're doing it you know it's like um even like something like in a Jackie film you would see it staged and definitely like this like dramatic focus like this is a huge stunt that we're showing you in this movie yeah totally you would set it up there would be something like you know, fanfare. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that's part of the, the cinema cinematic language of this movie is that, um, we don't really kind of stop to clap for the heroes. Um, yeah, <laughs> we just kind of, there's a lot of, uh, momentum and, uh, that's kind of more of the emphasis is kind of the rush of these like spy antics that they're up to. Um, and instead but yeah, of- along the way, there's some, they're doing some incredible stunts. Mm-hmm. Instead of fanfare, you get orchestra hits. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dude, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the sounds are going crazy in this scene. I'll yeah, always take it's orchestra be some, hits over anything. <laughs> yeah, some fair light. I remember the first two, time yeah. I learned that those were called orchestra hits, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. That has a name. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's There's great. actually that I think it's like a Vox video talking about the orchestra. Oh yeah. That comes from the original like a, recording and it comes what, from What piece was it that it comes from? Boy, I can't believe it was, that it was like I didn't a, it was like a Tchaik- memory. It was like a Tchaikovsky piece or something, but it's a very specific part of a specific piece Damn, that just got wrong. that got sampled <laughs> and that's the same orchestra hit that everyone uses. From yeah, Tchaikovsky for some, to For some reason, Ninja I thought Turtles. it was Night on Bald Mountain. I thought it was Mussorgsky, but yeah, it's yeah. I've got to watch it again because um, that's, that's great. Uh, and yeah, Matthew in the, the future will tell you right now what it actually is. A lot of different orchestra hits exist and are sampled from different pieces, but the famous one that's sampled in a million different songs in the 80s and is talked about in that Vox video we mentioned, which is called The Sound That Connects Stravinsky to Bruno Mars, is from Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. It's from the beginning of the Infernal Dance movement. Also, if you even slightly like orchestral music or like the music from Star Wars, then you should listen to Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. It's kind of amazing. Nice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and yeah, there's, um, 
the first sort of digital sampling keyboard, which is called the Fairlight. And actually that's the, that's the instrument that you hear on the Terminator one score and Terminator two score. A lot of like, um, great 80 scores use the Fairlight. Um, but that really made the orchestra hit popular because it, um, the famous one I believe is called Orc two. That's the preset on the Fairlight. <laughs> oh and, man. Um, uh, and yeah, it comes from the recording that Matthew just mentioned. So now they're in the building and they're kind of digging through the files. It's cool. They get to use some like gadgets here. Kind of, I guess, I guess Charlie's angels did this too, but it's like very like James Bondy almost. And like the gadgets and like having a thing that like opens up a safe and like that. these like this tiny camera, which is, it's hard. It's easy to remember having a really tiny camera is, is like a spy thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And not needing a flash, too, is, like, mm-hmm. advanced tech. Yeah. But they find this invoice, like, all these invoices that are hidden, and one of them is for a uh, rabbit saving box, which <laughs> I think we talked about before. We think that means, like, a piggy bank is kind of what that's supposed to mean, but... I think so, yeah, but, sure. yeah, this is one of the cases where the subtitles didn't really do what they needed to do. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So they get uh, uh, Elaine like knocks something over and gets the gets the guards' attention. So they 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 make a break for it, and we get to see Young in her element, I guess, <laughs> in her in like oh, a dungeon, man. whipping like watching these guys get whipped oh, and just cackling. And, and she's this like, poor like nondescript dude who's like, yeah, he's having a really rough day. Yeah, he's strung up. He's getting whipped. And she's got like a dinner table set up and <laughs> she looks like she's ready to go out on the town and mm-hmm. she's just cackling. It's like cartoonish villain laughter. Um, I I said that she was with the Japan Action Club and actually she did uh, have a couple roles in Tokusatsu shows. Mm, yeah. So she was on Bioman and Dynaman. And you can totally see like the Tokusatsu like gestural acting Definitely. in all of her scenes she's like way over the top but in the best way that i i just can't get enough of her in this film there's a couple (laughs) of scenes where like if she had just like even just like a weird helmet thingy then it would Mm -hmm. look like it could have been straight out of (laughs) yeah totally of of like a super sentai show Mm -hmm. this set too seems like kind of reminiscent of like a tokusatsu layer or something Mm. oh yeah totally so the next day, the angels are kind of in a stakeout uh, by this, like by this port, and Moon and Saijo get a little, uh, like we we get to see them kind of blossoming a little relationship, which is which is kind of yeah, cool. and it's super like sweet and kind of innocent. Uh, I think we mentioned this in the original recording, but it's these people clearly have they have a license to kill and tons of gritty real world experience but it's almost like this junior high love <laughs> um also it's great how supportive everyone in the movie is of it even this first henchman that that's um that's the whole reason that they're they're kissing it's supposed to be kind of like subterfuge for for them spying at, uh, at this uh uh, warehouse or whatever mm-hmm. um but the dude the henchman as he like looking back through the rear windshield he kind of gives a little nod like oh i hope <laughs> these two make it um, <laughs> so happy. it's great and then and yeah a really lovely moment um a little bit later where elaine is elaine's character is kind of uh looks looks in a similarly sweet way mm-hmm. on the relationship which i love because yeah, because 
in a in a in a dumber movie that actually probably that wasn't written by a woman there probably would have been a scene where elaine was like jealous or something of moon but but no she's supportive it's nice yeah, yeah nice. totally and we end up having kind of a neater like matchy matchy with in the love department for our angels so it's like we yeah we don't kind of waste any time in the movie with some kind of unnecessary mm-hmm. like love jealousy triangle. or yeah for, and actually there's there's almost no tension within the group themselves and yeah. that's maybe part of what's kind of so fun about the attitude of the movie um you know that you can kind of like rely on the angels to get it done and um, that almost has a, t- a tokusatsu or like TV showish mm. kind of flavor too, mm-hmm. yeah. or almost like a team or something. Um, uh, you know, like they're not really going to kind of ruin each other's lives. Um, so yeah. Anyways, it's cool. I another thing that's really cool about this scene is uh, we get a bit of action and there's some vehicle stunts where um, Saijo's trying to sneak a peek and see what like a certain shipment is there are these barrels and he says some of the barrels are lighter so they might be transporting the drugs through them so while he does that moonly uh she distracts all the the thugs around by driving all crazy and you can actually see stanley tong in uh this scene he's wearing like a black and white striped shirt and he's one of the stuntmen on this film and he would go on in i mean obviously we've talked about his films uh a handful of times on the podcast but within the series of angel he'd become like action director and almost a co-director for the next two films so it's pretty cool spotting uh, (laughs) him here looking young as he always does and like a referee yeah yeah so uh (laughs) the the car stunt's pretty cool though because um she picks up uh Saijo and they make a break for it like they're on a dock so the car jumps off the dock and there's a really cool car stunt here showing them uh escape yeah they have like these little scuba tank kind of things that they can that they just presumably will breathe in when they dive in the water but yeah it's an awesome flip and somehow uh somehow his hair is not affected by all of course of this. not it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> and then after the water's after the car smashes into the water, there's a hard cut to the like one of the triad bosses we saw before in the he was in a wheelchair, and we see him spin around in an office chair and he has a bullet <laughs> in his head and he falls over. Yeah, dead. he spins from his own effort. It kind of seems. Right? Um, <laughs> it does. You're right. It totally but looks it's, like that. It's such a good. It's reveal, also though. one of them. Yeah, it's one of the most inspired shots in the movie. The way the camera pulls back and then reveals Yukaryoshima, and it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. We're really starting to get into kind of the delicious fun yeah. of of the movie by this point. And she finds out about them stealing the drugs off on this awesome '80s chunky cell phone. Um, and then we cut back to our to our angels uh, getting out of the water, and that's where we see Elaine kind of like seeing the two of them as a, yep. a blossoming relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Young's next step is to contact them, and she actually calls uh, their boss, who actually on this recording we haven't mentioned him yet, but oh no, the, <laughs> the boss of the angels is played by David Chang and yeah, Shaw Brothers, uh, I mean, Shaw Brothers classic. legend, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of cool because his name is John in this film. His original English name was John as an actor. So that's kind of cool, a cool little nod. 
But uh, what she does is she calls to arrange a meeting. So the next scene that we get is uh, Jung. She's like... <laughs> She's like living her best life, right? She's out at the pool. <laughs> she looks really nice. And uh, she sits down to make the phone call. And uh, John is in the area too. And he actually looks awesome too. He's wearing like an all white suit <laughs> here. And they have a little back and forth. It's like kind yeah. of like, uh, you know, you're cool. Yeah. I'm cool. With like, her not realizing he's like just around the corner, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Right, right. And I love that and she... That- looks kind of simultaneously like a bond girl and a bond villain oh perfect <laughs> like there's this yeah, great so shot well, of her so coming out of the pool like all the water coming off of her but then she's just so evil like and makes all these amazing faces while like talking on the phone uh following this there's a great uh like kind of like a cat and mouse chase so <laughs> yeah. um She's making her way out and she's she's got somebody driving her and Moon and Elaine are tailing her in the city and they create like a diversion. So uh, Jung has uh, like a like a delivery truck get in the way and they do this great thing. I, I've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just so brilliant. The, the truck is blocking their view and they're at a light. So she jumps out of her car into the car next to her and uh, plays like a switcheroo. But in order to fool them, they have like a mannequin dressed up as young in the original. Yeah, car. with her same like zebra print top and a wig that closely matches. It's hilarious. And the, oh, the shot of the mannequin popping up, Ugh. it's great because it's like two seconds longer than it needs to be <laughs> so you see that and you just laugh oh it's so good but, but um, saijo is, is on top of it and he yeah he's in like a, a motorcycle nearby and he finds the real car and places a tracker on it yeah it's cool you kind of it's sort of win-win at least like as an audience member where you get to see the villain come up with this crazy move but um the heroes are still stay on top of it mm-hmm and Saijo looking cool on a Japanese bike, too. Dude, too cool. <laughs> like, yeah, this this scene should probably be animated. Yeah, yeah. So now they're, they find the, the mansion that uh, Young is hiding out in, and it's time for, time for a sneaking mission. Like, uh, like any 80s action film, you got to have a fancy mansion by the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. I kind of wonder if this is still like in the wake of uh, Wheels on Meals or something. Um, mm. mm-hmm. um, and it's like nice kind of uh, having this more in the middle or two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, like I don't know, something like Police Story 2 is like similar energy to a lot of what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like how they're like... Uh, Moon and Saijo are actually not very good at sneaking. <laughs> they always get caught <laughs> when they're sneaking around. But, but they... the thing is, they're so quick on their feet and yeah. so resourceful and smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably the most, I don't know, maybe the, the cleverest thing in the movie <laughs> and probably our favorite future gif. <laughs> uh, so there's a guard that they kind of take out because he spots them. Um, but his friend is doing like a patrol and looks up. And then you see this guard like wave his hand and like smoke his cigarette. And you realize that it's like our heroes are like puppeteering (laughs) this knocked out dude's hand. It's yeah, it's it's so great how they do that and how it's like 
caught in that one frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. And so while they're breaking in, uh, Elaine has her own kind of distraction that I love. So mm-hmm. she just pulls straight into the house, front drive, gets out of the car, and she's looking aces. Like, she's dressed up super nice, and she like is playing to all the men there she's like oh i'm lost can you help me out so she, all yeah. the guys flock over to her it's Mario yeah, i think we said, said it's yeah, yeah it turned into like a tex avery cartoon like a bunch of cartoon wolves oh yeah it's perfect it's great because they're not like out in the wilderness or something but they act like what a female yeah. woman yeah. Um, Here. and then uh Yes, so supposedly she's, um, and you caught this on the the Vimeo version, Matthew. Um, she's playing at uh, as though she's like this uh, Taiwanese tourist, mm-hmm. and I guess she's kind of um, speaking in this sort of like Taiwanese accent, yeah. mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I have no idea what that sounds like, but I believe it. So it's a cool, it's a cool idea, and I I like to imagine that it's like a really bad Taiwanese accent, but all the guys are are too horned up to care. Nice. <laughs> So they the, almost uh, get away with it too, but um, things start to fall apart when uh, she's like trying to back out, but Young actually is pulling in. And um, there's a moment too, yeah, in that Vimeo version where she says like, "Oh no!" But then the the guards hear that she's speaking <laughs> Cantonese. They're like, "She's she spoke Cantonese," and they pull all their guns out. It's impossible <laughs> yeah. that a Taiwanese person can know Cantonese. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bad part though is that um, Fong's hiding in the trunk, mm-hmm. and they uh, they find him. So now Fong and Elaine are kind of in trouble, and we get a really cool but short interaction between them. So Young versus Fong, and then Young versus Fong and Elaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is amazing because it's it's been a hot minute since we've seen Young fight, so it's awesome to to get her into action. And it starts off with just the one-on-one, and then she even says to the other guards, no, let let Elaine fight, too. <laughs> and So yeah, good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I also love, like, her acting during the fighting, too. So she's kind of playing with Fong because she knows she's got all of her guys behind her, but she's still confident in her fighting ability. So uh, they'll have, like, a two or three move, like, back and forth, and then she'll end up, like, on his chest and kind of does this like romantic gesture to him like huh like you can't do anything (laughs) that's really cool just even in the midst of the fight she can still ham it up uh villain wise elaine is able to get away but uh fong gets fong gets caught and gets thrown into a cell uh but not chained up interestingly yet yet at least yeah (laughs) (laughs) right right um but yeah it's funny though because yeah, that basically sets them up to go to the mansion again. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, get, get a like full healthy night's sleep and then, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, try it again. And but for the next, the next time they go, it's like it pure is, girls with guns yeah. action. Yeah, it is guns so, blazing. Elaine is wearing like an honest to god bullet bandolier, like Rambo. Yeah, yeah. One of the really cool things I like about Elaine is that. 
you know, you would think that a character that is so prim and proper and fancy would be like the girl that's like, oh, I don't want to hold a gun, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, get that away from me. Like, you do all the hard work. But Elaine's like almost the opposite of that. So in this scene, she just barrels right into yeah. the mansion and she's just guns a blazing. Mm-hmm. She jumps in there. There's definite like John Woo, like, you know, Hong Kong, like gun yeah, action totally. stuff going on where um, the level, like, the way it escalates like it just ramps up so quickly and so high like that you're like just gripped with how crazy this mm-hmm. sequence gets yeah it's it's uh some moments that i really like to uh i think i think you mentioned it last time she's in a room with like three guys oh. and she goes to shoot but her gun runs it runs out of ammo so she like they like hit something happens where a grenade ends up landing on the ground and she takes one of the guys and throws him onto the grenade so she can make her way out of the room oh yeah and there's like this great dummy that blows in half and the oh oh it's so good yeah again it's like the uh even as you're kind of you walk into an action sequence that might be kind of familiar there are all these unexpected like specific beats inside the action that just mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean yeah makes the movie just so mm-hmm. special tony lung siu hung uh says in that interview as well that uh combining this shoot with the final fight shoot it took them about 10 days to film all of this and you see it because there's so many different things happening mm-hmm. i like uh the other thing i like is uh moon has her own kind of Chow Yun fat, uh, you know, dive moment, but mm-hmm. hers is like sliding on her butt down a, a staircase shooting, mm-hmm. which is like the most clumsy way to do that, <laughs> but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And Saijo comes in on a freaking helicopter. <laughs> like he's on a oh. ladder on a helicopter shooting guns, yeah. flying in. That's great too, because you, you see his face, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a stunt man. It's That's really cool. Yeah. Um, they end up getting like pinned in the building. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jung shows up with more guys, and they're just lighting the building up. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to make an escape to the mm-hmm. rooftop. And they got Fong out from the from the basement, so they're they're trying to escape with all four of them. Mm-hmm. And two of them get onto the helicopter, but uh, Elaine and Saijo are stuck on the on the roof, and they have to jump. And er, oh, er, and that actually, yeah, no. So that has definite super. I mean, not super cop, police story vibes too. Like yeah. with Jackie pushing, uh, uh, you know, the the lady off of the the rooftop. That's totally kind of similar to that. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, the two of them jump off. There's this awesome slow mo, but it wasn't shot in slow mo shot where yeah. they're falling, um, and they're all able to get away. And this was the scene where uh, Young has these two goons, and they're looking out over at them having run away. It just smacks the two of them and, and walks away. Yeah. And that's a total, like a Power Rangers villain would do that kind of moment. Oh, dude, yeah. totally. Perfect. Then we get to see Huang Zhang Li again. Yeah, and some really nice acting here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interesting dinner. It's like his fellow bad dudes, but his daughter's there too. Um, he says, bring, dear, to bring your daughter to work day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, a really sweet moment um, with Huang Zhengli and his daughter, um, which, yeah, kind of sets up what, what the angels are trying to do here. So the angels show up, um, his daughter's gone, they hand him a chunky phone, and 
his daughter is da 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 going to Chuck and Cheese. Chuck um, and Cheese. <laughs> but my, um, but my yeah, she's place. actually in the custody of the angels. So the angels have kidnapped the daughter for for leverage to use against mm-hmm. Huang Zhongli. Yeah. Um, That's probably somehow, my favorite. My favorite uh, yeah. bad translation since uh, Scared Heart is yeah, Chuck and Cheese. Heart. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> This gives us another chance to see Huang Zhangli fight, though, because uh, you have an encounter between Saijo and Huang Zhangli in a parking lot in the 80s, and they're both wearing suits. It's how yeah, how cool is on. that? Come on. And uh, yeah, literally the, the first thing that Huang Zhangli is he takes off his suit jacket, throws it at Saijo and does a flying kick. It's so yeah. good. It's gorgeous, yeah. He gets like seven feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Totally. Yeah. The energy behind uh, this choreography is so good, too. And uh, like I said before, Saijo, Hideki Saijo does a lot of his own fighting. Um, there's only a couple moments where I think that there's doubling or more acrobatic stuff. But even right. like some uh, fancy kicks, Saijo's right in there with uh huang Zhang Li. it's like wow dude. and looks good yeah yeah he looks great his form is really good and i like his kind of western style like fighting stance kind of has like a like a street fisticuffs kind of, kind of fisticuffs yeah. look to it that's really cool and um the interaction's pretty short but i really like the stunt work here there's a cool like smashing into a car stunt and then the final interaction where um, Huang Zhang Li gets tossed over the side of the parking structure, and uh, Saijo is holding him up by like his head. That's that's really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you you could kind of describe the action in the film this way, which is there there's um, action in the film this way. There's brilliant choreography, but it's pretty fleeting. Um, maybe even more so than than a movie that we've covered on the podcast so far um and we'll get into this a lot uh, as we approach the finale but um yeah this is a great highlight reel for um Mr. Tony Lung Su Hung cuz yeah great it's that great kind of um plays beautifully in the camera um very sort of balletic but it also has um, what would have been at the time a more modern kind of punchy kickboxy kind of totally style yeah yeah i totally agree with that yeah that's cool um so uh they come to a little bit of an understanding here because huang john lee thought he was going to get arrested Saijo's like i'm not a cop and he's just basically like hey you guys got to stop like all of this madness and uh huang john lee's like it's not up to me young's the crazy one she's <laughs> doing all this crazy stuff so they kind of leave at that and uh saijo's like eh, and your daughter will be home by the time you get there <laughs> and uh, for me i really like saijo has this like power move where when their conversation's over with he's sitting in the car and instead of turning around to leave <laughs> he just backs all the way out of the shot <laughs> it's uh, like damn that's awesome dude yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't Elaine uh, reverse out of? Uh, she the, did, but uh, she got stopped by Young. Oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> yep, she tried it. Maybe that's their move. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the next scene, there's a little bit of conflict with the uh, angels because uh, Fong was wasn't chained up. Whenever they found him, he was in like this really nice. Oh, okay, the cell wasn't nice, but there was a really nice bed. And he was like eating like real food and stuff. So they're like a little bit 
wary about him. And he's an American. As yeah, they, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. They kind of keep yep. reminding us. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of kind of like to prove himself kind of goes on like a they say it's like a suicide mission to try to find young and, and confront her and he's pretty he's pretty clumsy about it too he's just going to places <laughs> where she might be and just asking a yeah. random person hey where's young mm-hmm. and everybody like gets a shock look and runs away <laughs> <laughs> but it ends up paying off because he does end up meeting her and again like i said like uh yukari oshima just looks so cool she's got like i don't know like six different outfits in this movie mm-hmm. i feel like this is like her material girl madonna uh, look yeah dude totally. <laughs> oh yeah it looks great. she's just yeah chilling in her bedroom eating like a bowl of fruit mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really funny but um he wants to get this code they need this code to uh get more information about what's happening and she ends up fighting with him a little bit and he uh, gets disarmed but then he has like a it's kind of cool he's got like a gun in the heel of his shoe so he's got like tennis shoe that like the the sole rips off and you can pull a gun out but anyways he ends up getting captured and she's like i'll tell you the code but it'll come with a price so uh then i believe don't they like lose track of where he is did you guys lose uh, me? No, oh, I, I thought, no, no, no. I thought yeah, Discord crashed on me again. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. no. no <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, uh, no, they do, they do lose track of him, but he has... Um, we, we haven't actually talked about many of the gadgets in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's another real hook of Angel, I think, is like James Bondy sort of gadgets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where we're using present-day 80s tech to do <laughs> things that weren't possible yet. Um, but... Uh, are almost kind of commonplace now, which is always sort of cool. So he has like, um, you know, a proto GPS tracker um, cut into his shoe. And he's able to send messages like in Morse code. So what he does end up finding out is that the code is 1987. He sends them that code. They're like, oh. So like like the year that you're watching this (laughs) movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which seems like kind of like an easy out, but they actually pay that off shortly after this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But um, Fong also sends, he taps out this message that basically is saying, hey, I'm also going to die because (laughs) because of this. And and we see this uh, shot of like just his feet kind of like dangling limp after he's since the message. Dude, it'd be amazing to drop uh, the line from Temple of Doom where Indy's like, We are going to die. <laughs> 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 yeah, nice. Um, uh, so Saijo's trying to figure out what to do next, and he's talking to like the secretary or something, and he remembers that uh, rabbit saving box. And uh, that leads this lady to look into, like, the the shipment information. Mm -hmm. And she says, like, there's this big gold shipment coming in. And he's like, all right, we'll follow that. And then he's at, like, um, what is this? Like a Playboy club or something, Yeah, it says Playgirl on the outside, but it's very clear. Oh, it does? It it? does. Yeah, it's not what that means in America. But but anyways, yeah, yeah, it's like a a fancy bar with, like, bunny girl waitresses. And And he gets the, like... uh, tropey like epiphany moment where he figures out what it, everything yeah where some random conversation in earshot um kind of yeah. connects to what he's thinking like, about oh. so yeah one of the like playboy bunny waitresses is talking about this rabbit necklace right mm-hmm. that she has mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah and she says like her someone got it for her 
because it's the it's the year of the hare, year of the rabbit, and it it really is it is very on the nose. Like, oh yeah, nineteen eighty seven, the year of the hare, the year of the hare, hare and rabbit are similar, and it's nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, that's great. So they uh, track down that shipment, mm-hmm. and Saijo sneaks onto the truck. So we get a kind of a cool like vehicle stunt uh, sequence here. Yeah, where, or on this on this golden um, truck, this this armored vehicle. Yeah, and it gets ambushed, and it gets like there's like some escort cars that get totally lit up oh. by like a whole like back of a truck full of dudes with machine yeah, guns. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like it's a solid five seconds of this car just getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah that's a lot of fun um so that shipment gets hijacked and uh they have an interesting plan here where the truck goes to like a construction site but it gets uh it's like a double hijack or something anyways the driver of the truck mm-hmm. that was kind of with the bad guys he gets caught in the truck and Sajo's in the back of the truck so it falls down a pit and then cement trucks cover it up with cement mm-hmm. so now you've got a moment where um Saijo, who also had a tracker, uh, they can't find him now. They're like, uh-oh, something happened. But um, in the meantime... But here's where, like, yeah, he uses the power of meditation. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, I th- Yeah, we talked about this uh, before amongst ourselves uh, when recording the podcast. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that th- maybe he's using the meditation to like conserve his uh, energy yeah. and so that he doesn't like waste his oxygen, yeah. which is what does happen to yeah. the, the triad. Because the guy in front is, I guess, just some goon that the that the triad's hired to, to drive the truck because we don't see him in the rest of the movie. But he's freaking out in the in the front while Saijo is like calm in the back and like is gets gets down on the grass like sits on the ground and is like deep breath. There's these really cool like close ups of him like sweating yeah. it out and it, everything. It gave me like David Carradine Kane from Kung Very, Fu sort of yes, vibes. Definitely. Yeah, really cool. So the the villains come back to the truck to like dig it back out and there's this amazing shot of them like punching a hole into the cement and it has the single beam of light on on Saijo's eye and he whenever he gets out he's like stumbling all over the place because he's so out of it but it leads to a great fight between him and Huang Zhang Li kind of a rematch yeah I like this too because uh again we're teased with another short sequence, but I like that Saijo is like kind of in desperation, but he still has some fire in him. So he does a couple of cool kicks. And actually, uh, another thing that I've always mentioned, and you see this a lot in this film, are there great um, uh, taking hits using a wire? So like Huang Zhangli kicks Saijo and he flies back super dramatically. Um, at the beginning of the movie, when we see that guy get assassinated by the two uh motorcycle dudes there's a really great shot of him on top of a car getting yanked like super high speed into the car behind him um but yeah those little details are some of the things that really bring that level of energy way up you know it's not just the offensive stuff uh, like kicks and flips and punches that really sell this but it's also like taking the hits that looks really good 
but he he beats Saijo, but he spares him just like Saijo spared Huang Zhongli earlier. And then the police show up. And I like that he uh he's kind of has a bro moment where he says, you know, we're we're not enemies, like you're you're a good dude, and I guess the police don't arrest him when they're uh getting all of the gold and everything back. Yeah. And did I just win this fight? I think I, I think I did, right? <laughs> TKO, yeah. technicality. Yeah. yeah, maybe like, you know, put that down in my Yelp or something. <laughs> yeah, if you can say that you beat Huang Zhongli in a fight, you got to take that, yeah. right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> that dude's like, he was like real military. Like, yeah, I think like, we've, him, like, like we've mentioned, yeah, where he actually actually uh, killed someone in like a martial arts. People contest yeah. yikes <laughs> that's that's always so wild with old old actors and and like any in actors in like pre-1980 like there's a good I'm sorry i'm just picturing like Huang jang li like breaking into the podcast coming on the line <laughs> who are you calling nah, no. and he sounds like macho man yeah <laughs> okay sorry that's that was his english teacher was macho man yeah totally <laughs> You thought it was Roy Haran, but yeah. they they look similar. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the just thinking that any like actor from like pre nineteen seventy was probably in the war and probably killed someone at some point. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, no joke. But so now we get to the the final final fight where uh, Moon and Elaine are kind of storming the castle. The another great subtitle that was the gold melting place or something like oh, that oh yeah perfect yeah but it's like a foundry like a like a smelter but uh oh that's right first there's like they had to take out it's such a video game moment where like they had to take out all of, like the the goons all of the jobbers with their their gadgets before fighting kind of the final yeah. boss i love how they talk about the clothing too beforehand mm-hmm. Um, M- Elaine's telling Moon like those buttons are really important like and she's like why are there so many buttons on my shirt <laughs> and you get to see like all the cool gadgets now uh, Elaine has like uh, earrings that explode mm-hmm. she's got like a necklace that like claws come out of like, <laughs> in case somebody grabs her around the mm-hmm. neck um, in the final fight you'll see that she has like a wrist uh, wristband that shoots like acid out of it which is really yeah. great um, and yeah, the buttons are these like explosive um, mines kind of. Yeah. 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 But yeah, this is why you need to see this film. And it's like I said, you know, you could see the clips of it and stuff and that's fine. Actually, it is fine. If you want to do it, that's fine. Go ahead. But like to watch this whole film and have it build up to this moment is so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing Moon Lee uh, really let it rip, like oh, yeah. she doesn't really get a lot of action throughout the whole film besides right. like shooting and stuff. And you see her here and you're like, whoa, like mm-hmm. what were you what were you doing the rest of the movie? Um, we've seen her in um, Mr. Vampire. And yeah. in that role, she wasn't doing any action. She was just kind of like right. the damsel in mm-hmm. that film. And, and um, even in Angel, it's like her character is depicted as maybe a little bit more demure in mm-hmm. a way. Um yeah. Very clever, resourceful, super courageous, but we haven't seen much in the way of fighting. So that, yeah, like trying to set the stage for you if you haven't seen it, it's as though like, okay, you haven't seen this character in really much of a martial arts setting. And then you get what's maybe a top 10 
80s mm. Hong Kong fight scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. With her versus Yukari. And it's yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And before that, even you see this a wonderful scene where she has the she has this metal pole that she's fighting around like the like a like a staff like we'd see in some old Shaw Brothers yeah. movies or something. And she oh is just gosh, ripping staff. on these dudes. Yeah, the the energy level of it all mm-hmm. is just unparalleled. The speed and the editing is super well done. Actually, all yeah. the action sequences have really great editing where they give you exactly totally. what you need for an impact. They, they frame it exactly the way it needs to be framed. And there's like some expert level editing towards yeah. like the end of this sequence. But yeah, seeing her like using the pole, it's like a piece of conduit or something. Uh, and it looks like it's just warping and, and how fast that mm-hmm. it's moving. And um Elaine like gets in a forklift and she's like slamming through <laughs> like warehouse like shelving to get to uh Young. It's it's so That's nuts. So good. But the the moment that uh Yukari Oshima shows up is like you didn't think it could get any better already and it does. So these women, <laughs> right. you know, like you you're seeing uh, just all women on screen fighting with each other and it's arguably more brutal than any Hong Kong action you've seen to this date these girls are not holding back their punches and they're right. using everything in this like kind of factory uh, to fight against each other so you've got a moment where uh, Moon grabs like a hydraulic line and she's swinging it around like a it's like a whip with a metal tip on the end of it and she's striking at Young and you, they show you how powerful this is by having her strike at a like a pipe and the pipe breaks and you see steam like shooting out mm-hmm. of it and then um, Yukari Oshima like Young grabs like a two by four with nails in it oh. and you're just shocked that she actually strikes Moon in the shoulder where it's like stabbed into her and she's using that to position her in the fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's crazy yeah. how brutal that gets. And it's cool. We had we talked about before with uh, Jackie Chan saying that he, like a lot of his outfit and even his hairstyle was kind of meant to, to show motion and like to give an impact to everything. And in this yeah, scene, great uh, Moon has, like, she's been throwing these buttons, but right before Young shows up, or right whenever Young shows up, she throws, like, her last few buttons, and they're they're just buttons. They're, they're not bombs. Um, and so, <laughs> That's a great moment. And so her, her shirt is, like... Just buttons, not bombs. That's... I feel like that should be on a poster. <laughs> You're right. Maybe on a, on a protest uh, uh, poster. But... <laughs> Uh, but so her shirt is already like way too big and it kind of adds to the movement where it's just flip flying everywhere. Yeah, totally. So there's sort of this like midriff thing, mm-hmm. but it's like decidedly like not sexualized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love what you're saying about um, the choices of what what really plays in the mm-hmm. camera and what gives this extra motion and kind of like follow through uh overlap to uh to the action and i think that's part of why that earlier moment with the staff and just staff fighting in general um it's just the most wonderful match for for cinema there's something about um just the motion of the staff and kind of the motion blur of of the the, you know the cameras that we use so it's just man can't can't Mm -hmm. beat it yeah super good um 
these these interactions between Moon and Young here are just like unparalleled too. Where it's like I was talking about mm-hmm. the editing. So there's this great sequence where <laughs> Young does like an axe kick to Moon, knocks her forward. So she's like in a forward flipping motion. But the way they edit that is that she like techs out of it <laughs> to do like a forward like front kick. It's like it's totally a super, Street Fighter move. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fighting game like sequence. Yeah. Like, and it's just so cool how you're just your eyes are just like trying to keep up with all the madness that's mm-hmm. happening and it ends as abruptly as it's beginning yeah. you know so um you've got this sequence where she's uh moon's caught on like these hooks and um young goes to attack her and she like slips down so her shirt flies up and she's able to grab young's leg and she swings her around also like a fighting Mm -hmm. game you know just like a full swing and slams her into a piece of machinery and the yeah the speed of it and the foley work that they do the sound effect of her just crumpling and you see her face this blank face and you're like whoa she's dead (laughs) right yeah it's it's really great Mm -hmm. um then there's a final beat where uh, Saijo shows up and you see Moon so happy that, you know, the man that she's come to adore is here. It's kind of like this romantic moment. But then you have it followed up with this almost like a horror trope <laughs> where the monster's not dead yet yeah. and it has like this final like desperation um young gets up and she's chasing after moon with like a a filed spike like metal Mm -hmm. rod and it's actually kind of comedic how they cut to moon's reaction in slow motion they do like this back and (laughs) forth two or three times but uh saijo uh shoots uh, young and she falls to her Mm -hmm. death and that's that's it for her but man what what a finale to this film yeah it's yeah this is like i was so excited to share this with you guys (laughs) yeah it's crazy you know and i don't think it's something i've quite experienced before because uh normally if you're in a movie with that high caliber of like martial arts fight choreography um you're going to you're usually going to get heaps of it or like big helpings of it um Mm -hmm. rather kind of throughout the film um, and it's not that those flashes of action that we had with Huang Zhongli weren't great, um, but I would say it it almost maybe was more of a showcase of the performers than the choreography. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I mean, it's only, I think I would only say that because they are so brief mm-hmm. um, that you don't really get to see the kind of story of the fight play out in the same way. Mm. Um, so there's just this almost like surprise sucker punch feeling to getting to this final fight where you're just like oh my gosh what yeah Um, and it makes perfect sense that this has been extracted and um you know put on youtube as as just like this highlight i i do get it um but i think like we're trying to say here is um this is a really special delightful movie and totally worth your Mm -hmm. watch you know if all you have to do is follow a vimeo link so (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> there's a brief yeah it's epilogue. surprisingly uh i just oh. want to go over before we finish up the episode there's a brief epilogue yeah where uh we see elaine in the hospital we find out that fong somehow isn't dead which okay sure um we don't see on screen <laughs> and 
and the movie ends with Elaine trying to get out of bed, slipping on a banana peel, and there's a freeze frame. <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> yeah, goofy. It's great. <laughs> yeah and it's funny too because that like main theme that you've heard a handful of yeah. times that's like the song that plays you mm-hmm. out and th- honestly the theme song doesn't really Does, match the comedic tone of that freeze frame. <laughs> no no <laughs> that makes it even better for me uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's angel 1987 yeah dude thanks for recommending for this. real this super no problem fun. yeah yeah super happy to share it and it's just i mean it fits right in line with what we've been talking about lately so um like i said there are two other films um still not the easiest to track down like i said there was a maya dvd that released that's like hard to find you'd have to find it from like a third party seller and probably pay a lot of money but uh we have that vimeo link so we'll share that (laughs) yeah yeah i can guarantee the people that originally made it aren't going to make any more money on it no matter where you get it so yeah and actually we forgot to mention though when uh when young she captures fong there's a scene that was cut out and it's actually uh yeah a moment of nudity so yukari oshima flashes her breast to fong and that's not on the bootleg that i have but it's on the the uh, video link link. and it's great because it's, it's very clearly from a different poorer source than the rest of yeah. the movie so it just gets a lot worse like the quality gets a lot worse for a second and then yeah back. you're saying it's like the like the brutal violence in the fist of the north star yeah we yeah. were watching um yeah that's a perfect comparison yeah totally yeah but yeah this is this is an excellent movie and definitely worth it it's easy breezy hour and a half so yeah mm-hmm Well, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like the show, then you can leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. So iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at here is the number three podcast. And here's a exciting thing. We, at the end of every episode, we say that we're part of the Mark Carter Brothers podcast network, but now that actually has a lot more of like a, a, what's the word? Has like, we have like a presence. Yeah. Yeah. Presence that you, you can say instead of being kind of ethereal, we have a, uh, the Mercado Brothers Network how has a Twitter and has a website and a lot of other cool stuff that's probably going to be on the way. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, totally. And along with that is a new um, sibling show to yes. the network from our good friends, Brian and Stephen Kelly. Yes. It's called Evening at the Roost. And the first episode is a banger. They talked with the one and only Grant Kirkhope. Yep. And yeah, you, and it's it's funny that, that in the first episode, yeah, for real. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yikes. When you're at that level, that Kelly level, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's, <laughs> that's actually awesome. the the uh, obviously it never comes up on this podcast, but the Kelly brothers are the reason that I met either of you guys. So definitely, oh, nice, definitely give them oh, some dude, support. Totally. And also, they're like the nicest people in they the really world. Are. It's like it's yeah, really they shut up. They're so cute. crazy. It's Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Carlos, what is our training for next week? So we're not moving far away from where we were with this film. We're going to the year 1990, and this film is directed by Corey Yun, and it's starring uh, Joyce Godenzi. This is She... Sh- I did it again. Yep. She Shoots Straight by the Seashore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also known as Lethal Lady, which is a little right. easier to a say. A little bit, but not that but could, much. Yeah. It should be and, like Shifu Sheila. Shifu Sheila. Oh, gosh. Nice. 
Um, yeah. So uh, this is also kind of girls with guns situation. Uh, I wanted to actually, as I'm saying this, I realized all the all the cute ladies that I like in Hong Kong cinema, I wanted to showcase. <laughs> so Joyce, uh, Joyce, we've seen on the podcast before, but she was in a just a little cameo in uh, Mr. Nice Guy. She was catching food in her mouth. But um, <laughs> she's also known as uh, Miss Sammo Hung. So Sammo Hung also has a role in this film. Um, there's actually a lot of dudes. I think Chung Fat's in this movie, if I remember right. And I think actually Yung Wah's in this movie too. So oh, dude. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we're going to take a look at She Shoots Straight. Said it right. Sounds good to me. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at She Shoots Straight. <laughs> really have to <laughs> gold star <laughs> I'm Matthew I'm Marty I'm Carlos and we are the Heroes 3 remember your training Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. Awesome. Save, 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 save. Save it, save it, save it.